You know all those security scenarios we ran? I'm smacking the middle of one we didn't think of. Everything you've heard. You guys hear that? Everything you've seen. Why are they have snakes on this plane? Everything you've read. Eddie Kim managed to fill the plane with poisonous snakes. <laughs> is true. Do you like roller coaster rides? Snakes on a plane. You, you okay? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Rated R. Now playing. You like it a juice? I have had it with this motherfucking juice on this motherfucking podcast. Uh, uh, snakes on a plane. Uh, welcome to Saturday Night Jive, the podcast where we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night Live related movies. Today we're talking snakes on a plane for Mr. Keenan Thompson as well as David Keckner. Sorry about wieners, everybody. We, yeah, we found wieners, but our version didn't that we found online was like out of sync, so we couldn't watch it. And by the way, uh, that joke I just made, the only input I will have on this entire podcast, I have nothing else to say about Snakes on a Plane. I liked it. Did you like it? I, it was perfectly fine, uh, though it was very repetitive. I was thinking back to like like the, the airport movies and like the disaster movie, like the Irwin Allen disaster movies of old. And yeah. just like, I remember them being more varied in the set pieces that they would have, whereas this is just like, and now another person's been bitten by a snake. Yeah, I mean, there are some times where it's just really spinning its wheels. Like, you could have cut 15 minutes out of this movie, and you you would have cut out the parts where, like, you know, one extra gets bitten by a snake and dies. Because we, we've already seen that. But I liked how, like, it seemed like they did everything they could with snakes. And then it was about, you know, uh, landing the plane and that whole thing. So it, it held my interest the whole time. I I really enjoyed this movie. And I didn't think I would, because I saw this... When it came out, I was really hyped for it because I got in on, like, the memes and shit. You know, I, I was, you know, this was, like, the first movie that was <laughs> uh, created with input from the internet. And so I was on board, and then I, like, I was disappointed. But this time, I enjoyed Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, no, I didn't really have a problem with it. Yeah, it's weird because it feels like... I was trying to think when, like, So Bad It's Good kind of became a mainstream thing. Like, before, like like... Mystery Science Theater was obviously a thing before this, but it was kind of a, that's always been kind of a niche thing. And now you have like red letter media and stuff. But I feel like this is the first time. And then like, I think the room was either right before this or right after this. Yeah. Well, the room was, uh, came out in 2004, I think, but it didn't start to become like a cult classic until probably around this time. And I think that might be why I was a little disappointed the first time I saw it is because it's not a bad movie. Like, I was hoping to, like, laugh ironically. This time I just watched it as, like, a, you know, Irwin Allen disaster movie. And I got a lot out of it. I, yeah, it's I was nothing, enjoying the whole thing. It's nothing amazing, but it's perfectly serviceable. Well, you mentioned you can cut 15 minutes out. I actually think you could probably cut everything before the plane. I think it would have been more interesting if we didn't know at first what was going on in the first class. And, like, that's a mystery that's resolved, like revealed. Like, cut out all the stuff where you see that there's a guy who witnesses a crime... And just have, it starts with everybody boarding a plane, and oh, mysteriously, first class has been taken over by the FBI. What's going on? Is he a criminal, or is he a witness? Like, we don't know. And, like, that would have made his character more interesting, and I think the movie more interesting. Yeah, and I think you should have done it, like, um, set up the characters like they do in Airport, where it's a, a true ensemble. This one, it's the Samuel L. Jackson movie, and then, like, you know, trickles of all the other passengers. You know, some of them have, like, little... Not arcs, but, like, things about their character that make you instantly recognize uh, them. It should have been all of that. It should have been about the plane rather than about Samuel L. Jackson trying to protect this witness. Because, yeah, the whole Eddie Kim subplot, unnecessary. Well, and it's like, yeah, that's the thing about when you introduce characters like that in in, in the, the classic version of this movie. Everybody has some kind of skill that makes them useful at some point. Like, you know, you watch the Poseidon adventure, like Shelly Winters, she can swim better than anybody else, you know? Shit like that. Like, I was waiting for, like, like they introduced a guy who was like a kickboxer. I couldn't remember, because it's all kind of bleeding together. Did he ever punch a bunch of snakes in the face? He, at one uh, at one point, he saved the girl, the rich girl with the dog. She got on his back, and he carried her to safety. But that's it. No, you would think... You introduce a kickboxer, 
he's going to be kicking a snake in the face. Yeah. And like, I was like, they have the dog. I wanted the dog to have his own like dog equivalent of the Samuel L. Jackson story where he's like going after the snakes on their level, you know, like he's like (laughs) dieharding it through the plane. Maybe trying to reason with them animal to animal. Like just crazy shit like that. I, I was just, there were so many points in this movie where I was like, here's how I would have done it just a little bit better. Cause it's just at every point it's not bad, but it's just too generic. There's it's, it's never anything novel beyond the premise of snakes on a plane. There's nothing like interesting about it. No, you're getting exactly what you came for. When you go see snakes on a plane, you're getting a bunch of snakes on a plane. But yeah, I think I was really disappointed when I first saw this movie because I wanted it to be everything I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be insane, crazy, um, you know, I wanted Samuel L. Jackson getting into a fist fight with a snake. Like, I wanted it to go to the next level of absurdity, as you would think a movie called Snakes on a Plane would. But that's just not what the movie is. It's it's basically just a disaster movie with a bunch of characters getting eaten by snakes. And I, and I will say that is my, one of my big problems with So Bad It's Good as a like a mentality is that it leads you to want things to be bad. Like when you when you approach a movie going like I hope this sucks and then it's better than you expected and that's a bad thing like that should always be a good thing if a movie yeah. is better than you expected it to be even if it's ultimately not great you know if it if it exceeds your expectations that is a plus in its favor but for so bad it's good people it's like oh no it's too good it's like an actual movie when it should have been a piece of shit it's like well you maybe you're just fucking watching movies wrong i i think i was i was i really wanted this to either be the best movie ever or the worst movie ever like those were the two things i wanted out of this movie either one i would have been fine with and it was neither but yeah, watching it this time, I just I took it for what it is. And it's not as campy as I remember it being. I it's not really campy at all. They they treat the snakes on a plane as if, you know, they're real snakes on a plane. Well, it's I mean, it seems very much in keeping with these kind of action movies of the time. There's a little bit like there's the the end where Keenan Thompson knows how to fly the plane because he plays video games. Like that's straight out of uh Turbulence Three. I remember they that was also a plot point in like shitty schlocky movies. You know, there's stuff like that. And of course the the asshole stuffy guy who kills the dog and then immediately gets eaten by the big snake. That seemed right out of fucking Anaconda when John Voight gets eaten by the snake. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's shit like that that's heightened, but for the most part, it's just a straight up. It's, it's, yes, it's exactly what you would do if you were told to write a snakes in a plane movie in like a weekend where you didn't have time to make it more clever and just, Oh, I'm just going to do all the the standard beats of this kind of movie. Yeah. I, I think the movie I wanted would, was the parody version of this movie. I wanted a movie that was fun in its campiness, but yeah, watching it as a straight action movie, I really enjoyed it. Um, well, we, co- so, yeah, we so, couldn't watch well, it though. We couldn't watch it for the podcast because it doesn't have any SNL people in it, but there is an asylum mockbuster of this movie called Snakes on a Train. Snakes on a Train. I've seen the poster for that. And I believe the premise of that involves a supernatural witch who becomes a giant snake on the, on the train. I wonder if that might be the movie we're both looking for. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, so, uh, Snakes on a Plane from 2006. Uh, let's get into it. Um, oh, so first thing I wanted, and this isn't really podcast. Well, I guess it is It is podcast related, but it's not Snakes on a Plane related. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, since we've been doing the uh, podcast remotely, it's almost like you're uh, an invisible friend of mine that I talk to <laughs> once a week. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. It's just like I'm sitting alone in in a room just talking. Um, But I I realized yesterday, I don't know what your podcast setup is like. And I don't know if I want to know. Well, I mean, are you asking (laughs) what I think you're asking? Do you want to start video conferencing? Because we're on Skype. We could turn the cameras on. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not interested in that at all. I'm shirtless most of the time. (laughs) Just throw it out there. I was just curious, just for me, to get a visual of, of how you're watching the movies. Because we watch the movies together over Skype. But me, I'm in my recliner, and I have my projector set up, so it's up on the wall. So I watch Snakes on a Plane like I was in a fucking uh, private movie theater. 
And then I was like, I wonder how Ben's watching the movie, and I wonder if that hinders your viewing experience. Well, no, well, I have a much different setup. I don't have the, the projector, and because I want to sync it up to your Skype uh, thing, I always watch it on my laptop, and uh, uh, I'm actually on my bed with my mic and my laptop, and then as I podcast, I just sort of shift, so I'm doing sort of like, you remember, um, uh, what's his name, uh, guy from fucking uh, Sh- Sharky's Machine, uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. You know, the, the Burt Reynolds playboy pose, you know, sort of, or playgirl pose, oh, okay. sort of on the side. That's kind of how I record. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 okay. I'm not, I'm not nude, no, obviously, especially because it's gotten a lot colder, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's basically my setup. So imagine well, that. I'm imagine me in the Burt Reynolds playgirl pose as you watch the scene where a character grabs a woman's breast and signs it. <laughs> imagine me just totally nude on my bed as Burt Reynolds. Uh, well, I'm I'm just glad you're comfortable because that was the other thing I was thinking. I was like, I wonder if Ben's just like sitting at a desk watching these movies on his laptop. That's not fun. No, no. Well, because my desk, uh, I I have a giant big screen TV, but I have one of those little like shitty Roku's plugged into it because it's not a smart TV. That's my big screen, but that doesn't have a USB thing to watch movies on. So I had to get another big screen TV that's a Roku TV so that I could plug a USB drive into it. So I now have two big screen TVs. One of them is on my desk. So now I don't write at my desk anymore. I just use that as a secondary place for a TV. Okay. Well, I just, I I was worried that you weren't having a good viewing experience. That seems odd. comfortable. I'm always, I mean, I'm always out for my own comfort. I save my, my, my recliner is reserved for work. We both work obviously at the same place and uh, my, my computer chair broke. So I just moved my giant recliner in. So that's why I'm falling asleep on half my calls at work because <laughs> I'm laying in oh, a no, nice comfy I, recliner. <laughs> I work in a recliner as well. Yeah. I have a recliner set up <laughs> in front of my desk. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be fucking comfortable. If the man says I got to sit behind a computer for eight and a half hours a day, I'm going to fucking sit in a nice, comfy fucking recliner for eight and a half hours a day. Oh, and I, I have a thing. Uh, more just a recommendation. And this is just because we're on the topic of things that aren't really about the podcast. This is another movie. Uh, by the way, I desperately looked through the IMDb of Soul Plane to see if there was an SNL person in that movie. Like, was Keenan also in that so we could watch that next? That's a little what bit of thing. Just because it would be a theme, you know? Plane oh, movies. okay. But yeah, um, we, we, let's start with talking about Keenan Thompson because that's the reason we're watching this movie. No, before I get to um, that though, because since we're no. talking about other stuff, have you ever heard of a movie called called um, Super Sucker? No. I remember this movie, and I just found it. It's free on Tubi if you want to watch it. It's written, directed, and starring Jeff Daniels. And I remember seeing it in a print newspaper ad when I was a kid when it came out in two thousand two. And I was like, I always wanted to, it just looked really weird. It's Dave, Jeff Daniels is a vacuum cleaner salesman. And I remember th- it was reading about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah, like yeah. a Tin Men sort of thing, like he's competing with other vacuum cleaner salesmen. Do yourself a favor, anyone listening to this, including you, George, look up the trailer for Super Sucker, and I'm going to watch it on Tubi at some point this week. Because apparently the plot of the movie is he's, he's competing to sell these vacuum cleaners to get like a, a claim over this section of the, of the sales whatever city and he discovers that the particular brand of vacuum cleaner he's selling is being used by various women as a sex toy like it 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 basically pumps out like like they can fuck themselves with the vacuum cleaners and he realizes like oh i can sell this to all the women in the neighborhood and they can all fuck (laughs) themselves with my vacuum cleaners and that'll give me an edge over this competition it looks like the weirdest fucking movie i've ever seen in my life Alright, I'm down. Yeah, now I remember the poster for that. It was just Jeff Daniels, you know, opening a door and holding a vacuum cleaner. So yeah, but I didn't know that. that's what it was I about. never knew that was the plot of it. I looked at the trailer and I was like, holy shit, I have to fucking see this movie. Uh, Alright, well, uh, I guess <laughs> transitioning to a movie we did watch just like well, 15 minutes speaking ago. Speaking of, uh, you know, things, undulating things that go up inside people's private parts. Snakes on a plane. Um, yeah, let's sit, let's start it with Keenan Thompson. So um, you were surprised that in 2006, Keenan Thompson was already a Saturday Night Live cast member for apparently like four years. Yeah, he started in 2002. He's he's been on the show for fucking 20 years. I did the math once. If he stays, I think like 12 more seasons, it would work out where he would be on Saturday Night Live for half of its 
its runtime. Well, and just the fact that, I mean, because he has clearly got to be the longest cast member now, right? Yes, most tenured cast member. And just that, like, that's a, a testament to how shitty the show is and just like a perfect metaphor that, that the longest running cast member, who presumably would be the most celebrated, is fucking Keenan Thompson. Yeah, I remember when he got cast on Saturday Night Live, I was like, there was a shift. I, I aged like 10 years when that happened because like I, I remember Keenan Thompson on all that and I was like a little too old for all that. And then when he got on Saturday Night Live, I was like, Wait, who's this fuck? This fucking the fucking kid from Good Burger is on fucking Saturday Night Live. That that can't be real. I must be an old man now. And I remember because I was of the age watching all that, but I didn't like it because there was it wasn't even because of Keenan Thompson. I didn't think he was that bad on the show. It was there was the like the one white kid who was just doing a Jim Carrey impression through the whole thing. And I even as like a little kid, I was like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Well, it always felt like I didn't like how it seemed to be written by adults and performed by kids like that never worked for me. Like when they're doing impressions of Ross Perot on all that, I'm like, one, you're just imitating Dana Carvey's Ross Perot impression, which isn't an accurate Ross Perot impression. You're impersonating an impersonator. But two, kids don't fucking know who Ross Perot is. That's what I always hated about Animaniacs. Like I'd be watching this cartoon and then they'd fucking make a Hillary Clinton reference, and it's like, who the fuck is that? Well, it's just, yeah, it, it, I, I've never liked that. We've talked about this many times on the show. But I think all that would have been better if it was, like, written by kids for kids. Yeah, but kids can't fucking write sketches. They're fucking dumbass kids. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, but you can have adults tweak it, but I don't know. Well, because I think, it didn't, didn't, um, who's the guy who writes with Dave Chappelle all the time? Uh... Neil Brennan. Neil Brennan. I think he that's where he got his start on all that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never really liked his comedy, but uh but yeah, but that's yeah, that's where Keenan Thompson got his start and then he went to Keenan and Kel, which I also kind of remember watching, I think. I that, I was way too old for that. Maybe that's where I was too old and going like, why does this guy still have a career? And then he was on Saturday Night Live and I was still asking, why does this guy have a fucking career? And yeah. I just watched Snakes on a Plane and I'm currently asking why does this guy still have a fucking career? I liked Keenan in this, but man, I hated Keenan on Saturday Night Live when he when he first got on the show. He was garbage. I could not stand him whatsoever. And then something happened about eight years into his tenure, where I was like, "Okay, Keenan's starting to grow on me." Really? Because I have never seen him as improving at all. He, it seems like he's the exact same fucking shitty mugging at the camera bullshit that he's always been. Yes, that part of him bugs me. Um, but there's something he he's capable of delivering funny lines. You know, he has comic a little bit of comic timing, not perfect comic timing, but you, the giggling bothers me. But when he's playing like you know what up with that, I'll always enjoy. Um, and his giggling doesn't bother me in that because it's a, such a skilly, silly sketch to begin with. Um, I like the character he used to do, the scared straight guy, where he was a prisoner, like, yelling at teenagers. Yeah, and I and I will say, I didn't hate him in this movie. I just, the, the, that twist at the end where he knows how to fly the plane because he plays video games. I said it, I was going to almost say it out loud as a joke. Like, it, like I know this movie isn't as dumb as you know, we might have wanted it to be at some point in our lives. But if it, the dumb version of this would have him... Because like the, when it's first introduced, he's like, "Oh, I've clocked two hundred hours or something," and you assume that's like on like a you know little training plane or whatever. And then the reveal is, he's it's playing video games, and I was like, "Oh, he knows how to actually fly a plane." The dumb version of this would be it was all because of a video game, but then it became the dumb version of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it, okay. Um, I liked it though. <laughs> I like but that. I like I like I like the moment before that when like he has to talk his friend down and he's like not on board with his friend his friends like a, he's like a bodyguard to a rapper but they knew each other when they were kids and like he doesn't he doesn't have any tolerance for any of his fucking celebrity bullshit I liked his character uh, and I actually could have used more of him but uh, you know yeah it's just it's sort of they saved it for that shit See, I didn't like that part <laughs> the part where uh on the plane, there's a rapper, three G's, and Keenan Thompson plays one of his bodyguards. And there's a moment where three G's starts like flipping out. He grabs Samuel L. Jackson's gun, points it at everyone, 
And then Keenan just says like, hey man, what you, what you doing? I don't even know who you are anymore. We grew up as kids. Now you're holding guns at FBI agents? Put the gun down, man. And then he does. And then like another scene later, the three G's apologizes to the stewardess and she's like, that's okay. You know, I forgive you for holding a gun on me like 15 seconds ago. See, that's the thing. The smarter version of the story would have set up, like set him up, like cast like Jamie Foxx or somebody in that part, somebody with more, a little more star power. And then like, you think he's going to be like the hero, you know? And then he turns into like the fucking crazy villain that like, you know, holds the place hostage at the end just because he's freaking out and like going postal. And then you have the the rich British guy that you think is going to be the villain. And you now he has a noble moment. Maybe he sacrifices himself to stop him, you know, or something, you know, something to like tweak your expectations of these characters. But everybody is exactly who you think they are and ex- exactly who you think they're going to be throughout the entire movie. Yeah, but not even not, like I, not even enough of that, because like they in- introduced the guy who's kind of like the uh, mirror image of the lawyer in Jurassic Park. He's just the guy you you instantly hate. He's introduced by yelling at a stewardess because the flight was delayed. Um, but he doesn't. his death wasn't really satisfying because they didn't do enough with him. There's all these little characters, and I think you can have a lot of fun with stock characters, but they just don't do enough with them. Because the- you got to play around with them and do something interesting with them. Have at least something that like that that defies expectations of what their stock character is. Yeah, well, because too much of the movie is taken up with Samuel L. Jackson trying to protect this witness to a murder that Eddie Kim did, um, and less time is spent on the on the fun characters that you could have had. Uh, the one character who uh, does defy your expectations. How about that gay uh, flight attendant? Because he's not gay at the end. He's, he's fucking a lady. I don't know. Isn't it amazing? I've seen that in so many movies. You, you have a character who's like, you know, uh, played very effeminately. And then the, the final shot of the movie, he's kissing a hot broad. And you're like, wait, what? Did they ever do that with Balky and Beverly Hills Cop? I don't think so. Did they ever so. reveal that he was straight? I don't know. I've, actually canonically gay? I've never seen the uh, Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. I've only seen the first one. Because I know the the black guy from the mannequin movies is actually, like, explicitly gay. Like, that's, like, a thing where, like, it was, like, one of the first characters to, like, reference being gay in a movie like that. But I don't think they ever actually spelled it out with Balky from Beverly Hills Cop. I can't speak to, can't speak to mannequin either. I'm not, I'm not as well versed on the mannequin I'm just talking about the history of gay cinema, because this character is obviously really big in the history of gay cinema. They always talk about the gay flight attendant from Snakes on a Plane as being so groundbreaking. I remember watching the, uh, what's, uh, there's a documentary about uh, the celluloid closet, where it's uh, basically the history of gay cinema, and they closed on the flight attendant from Snakes on a Plane. Well, it starts with Stonewall, and then it ends with the gay flight attendant. From stakes on a plane. Oh my god! This is where we've come. We finally won our struggle. <laughs> yeah, I did. I I was not a huge fan of that. Um, but I didn't mind the character in the movie. I like when he puts the snake in the the microwave and yeah, has a little. I I him. enjoyed him because um, he's not he's not super effeminate. I mean he's he's obviously supposed to be portrayed as effeminate. Um, but he does some. Uh, has some manly moves to, uh, when the snakes are attacking. So I, I was enjoying his character. And then to put him with a woman at the end, I, you, I mean, it was 2006, but yeah, I was just like, hey, come on, man, you know, hey, have him hug a hot guy, you know? Yeah, no, I think that would have been great. And I was waiting for, well, I guess it wouldn't have made sense because the plot was to bring the plane down, but I was waiting for some of them, one of them to be in on it. Like, yeah, like, cause at one point there was like the one flight attendant who's like asking him what he did, asking the witness guy what he did. And like, I was waiting for her to go like, well, that's why you better uh, shut the fuck up and, you know, or something like that, you know, or the kickboxer guy, like maybe like, you know, he's secretly one of them or something. I don't know. They're, they're, I feel like there needed to be the one more turn to the plot to make that relevant at all. Yeah. Now I, I felt a little racist assuming that the Asian kickboxer was in on the scheme. Because I was like, oh, obviously that's why they introduced this character. He's the, their plant on the inside of the plane. Like he's going to be the guy who like flips the switch to make the snakes go out or something. But no, he's, he's just a, just a guy. Yeah, I guess. Because I guess you don't need somebody to like, and plus 
the only way to make it make any sense is like he would have had to like parachute out of the plane afterwards, which would have been right. really dumb. Or or that he the didn't intention know. is to bring the whole plane down. Yeah, or maybe he thought there was only one snake and and that the plane wouldn't go down or something. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of which, why isn't there one snake? Okay, so let's talk about snakes on a plane now. Snakes on a plane. If you haven't seen it, it's about snakes on a plane. Um, all of the snakes are put on a plane by Eddie Kim because at the beginning of the movie. Eddie Kim shoots a guy, and then some random surfer sees it. I like that you keep referencing Eddie Kim as if he's a real person. Like, you know, that guy everybody knows, Eddie Kim? They say his name so many times in this movie. He's the criminal in this movie that that kills, a, the, I guess, the attorney or prosecutor going after him. And that is yeah. witnessed by some really just lame, boring character that the movie keeps trying to make me like yeah and he doesn't even really have a big hero moment there's one scene where he's like ushering the people up the stairs but that's it he like he doesn't save the day at the end so why did we spend so much time with him this just pointless character yeah i the the reason for the snakes being on the plane is not as important as the movie thinks it is um also it's kind of stupid because so this surfer guy witnesses the murder uh, he scoots it off on his bike. Eddie Kim's goons come and get him. Samuel L. Jackson comes and saves him. So in the process of a day, this random surfer who witnessed a murder is caught by both the goons and the feds. I guess yeah, because... Yeah, they never established how they found out who he was or where he was. It's very brief, but in the interrogation scene, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's partner throws a like a Red Bull can down and says... We found your fingerprints on this. We knew you were at the scene of the crime. Which is, so, But is that also how the criminals found him? Are they taking fingerprints? Yeah, I don't know. Because also, it seems like Eddie Kim is such a notorious criminal that if you mention the name Eddie Kim, every single person knows exactly who you're talking about. And they're like, oh yeah. I One person says, I watched a murder show with fake reenactments and they were reenacting Eddie Kim's murders. If Eddie Kim is so famous for being a murderer... How is this the thing that's going to to put him behind bars finally? See, that's that was that scene where I thought that girl was saying that because she was like trying to like threaten him low key, you know. And I thought that would have been kind of a cool uh, reveal, you know. Uh, but and that, and that and that's why I think I you know, talked about cutting the first scene and just starting it on the plane and making that character more involved. You'd make instead of making him just a witness, make him one of the criminals, make him one of the guys who works for him turning state's evidence against him and that way he can be kind of an action hero type because the the reason this character isn't a function of the plot for most of it is because samuel jackson is actually a good cop so he's like i gotta keep you alive so you stay here where none of the action is and i'm gonna go do the action shit and you just fucking stay here and that means i'm not you're not gonna be a fucking character in this movie that anybody gives a shit about yeah. Make him a criminal so he's not listening to Samuel Jackson and he's like, I'm going to fucking do whatever I can to survive. And of course, he's a criminal with a heart of gold, so he's got to save people too. So he's, and they, they're, then they're at odds with each other and they have to, then they're just like, I'm fine. I got to reluctantly team up with you to fucking, you know, stop these snakes on this motherfucking plane. Yeah, I don't even need all of that. Just shorten it. Yeah, don't have the 25 minute prologue before the snakes on a plane. Start with snakes on a plane. Just start with everybody getting on the plane, and then there's fucking snakes. I came to see snakes on a plane. You're not giving me snakes on a plane for 27 minutes. Oh, and that's and also like they introduced the big snake at one point. Like there was like a giant, I guess, boa constrictor or whatever. And I'm like, that should be like a third act boss fight. Samuel Jackson should have to fight that snake to get wherever he needs to go. To, to beat the thing at the end. Yeah. But no, he just, he eats the shitty British guy and then gets sucked out of the plane. Yeah, I was really hoping when they, because at the end of the movie, they shoot out the uh, the windows of the plane to propel the snakes out. And I was really hoping like that big snake would get stuck and they'd have to like beat its big snake head. Yeah, or even, yeah, just that alone would have been enough. But yeah, or just, yeah, I would just have him be an obstruction or something. Because I feel like that's your Jaws moment and we don't get it. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like a, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you call it, but uh, after the, they land the plane, that big ass snake was still on the, on the fucking wing. And then like, like that entire row of cops just fucking fills it with lead. <laughs> yeah, there's just a giant fucking snake on the wing. 
Or they're shooting it, and it's it's you know on the plane, and the plane has to explode to kill it. <laughs> yeah, or it's just it turns out like the original end of Little Shop of Horrors, and you have just giant snake climbing the Chrysler building, killing everyone. Well, that's why you you do snakes on a train where it's the magic witch, and like all the snakes form into a giant evil snake, or like a Hydra monster or something. All right, maybe I'll watch Snakes on a Train. <laughs> Well, right now we're watching uh, a pre-fame Taylor Kitsch fuck a lady in the bathroom. Wait a minute. You call that fame? I feel like once you're in Battleship, you're famous. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. uh, Yeah, what was he in? He was in Battleship, and then he was in John Carter, and he was in, like, one other movie that tanked. And it was, like, just three in a row. He was Gambit in X-Men Origins Wolverine. (laughs) <laughs> and I never hated Taylor Kitsch. I that thing is, I think Battleship and John Carter are both underrated movies. They're not, again, not great, but they're kind of like Snakes on a Plane. It's like it's they're perfectly watchable. I don't think they deserved to bomb as hard as they did. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, I don't have a problem with Taylor Kitsch. Any he, he he's pre-fame is what I, by way of saying he dies immediately. <laughs> yeah, I th- when I saw Taylor Kitsch, I was like, oh, he's gonna be like one of the characters, but no, he's the basically the first death. Um, this is the scene that was ripped off in Epic Movie, I remember. That's right, we talked about that, because it's not that it was ripped off, they just did the scene. Like, I mean, It's not like a joke, like a parody of the scene, they just fucking did it. Yeah, no, that's why I was real pissed at that scene in Epic Movie, because there was no joke to it, because they already did that joke on Snakes on a Plane. Taylor Kitsch takes his lady into the bathroom, everybody thinks they're fucking, but actually... Snakes are dropping down, and a snake bites his girlfriend on the tits, and... Oh, no, he doesn't get bit on the dick. Another guy gets bit on the dick. Yeah, no, there's a... That's the thing. They 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 didn't do asshole. They did bit on the, the tit, bit on the dick, and then snake crawling up a lady's vagina. Of course, that ultimately doesn't, but that's, that's what the scene looks like. I was waiting for some guy to get a snake up his asshole. Like, that would have been the perfect end for the, the British guy, right? He's an asshole. He gets a snake up his asshole. That would have been good. Yeah, that British guy, man, he needed a better end. Um, yeah, let's, let's jump to that. So uh, the snakes are attacking... And they're all trying to move to the front of the plane. They're like, hey, get away, get away, get away. And then the British asshole, he takes a, a woman's dog, throws the dog at the snake. Snake eats the dog and then just keeps running. So it's like um, a pointless sacrifice. And then five seconds later, he's eaten by a giant snake. I, I will say I did like the actual moment, the effect of him getting, because like, he's like choked to death from the stomach and you see like the blood filling his eyes and then the snake kind of just tries to eat his whole head, which apparently got it got stuck at some point and wasn't able to eat him and, like, I guess choked itself to death. Oh, is that what happened? Well, because when you see the snake fly out of the window, he's still got half of the guy's body hanging out his oh, mouth. Oh, I thought that was um, the imprint of the body in the, in the snake. I thought it was, like, the guy wasn't digested. Oh, maybe, but, but I don't think a snake even that big could eat a whole person whole, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're the snake expert here. You would know. Like, you know how snakes eat dicks all the time, right? Just call me Todd Luiso, expert on poisonous snakes. Um, yeah, uh, the, so the snakes in this movie are uh, angry because... <laughs> See, here's the thing. So Eddie Kim is like, all right, I got to kill this motherfucker who saw me uh, murder this dude. Even though everyone knows that I murder people all the time and I still haven't gotten caught. This guy's important because if he turns state evidence, I'm I'm in trouble. I'm gonna put snakes on a plane, and it's like it, you could have just had like he took a picture of it, you know. So there's irrefutable proof. It's just this guy saying I saw him do it. A lot of people could probably fill that role. Yeah, I. Th- that's the one part of this movie I didn't get right off the bat. Eddie Kim's such a notorious criminal. Samuel L. Jackson is like pinning all of their hopes on this guy. They have to get this guy to L.A. to testify against Eddie Kim. They have to have more than that. And then through the process of this, like, because that culminates with the end where a snake finally does bite the witness guy at the very end. Oh, but he's fine. He had a bulletproof vest on or whatever. But by that point, they've already got the guy who supplied him the snakes, who presumably is also going to be testifying. Well, yeah, because in the middle of the movie, Bobby Cannavale is like, get Eddie Kim's lawyer on the phone, tell him he's going to jail and he's getting the electric chair. Because that's because they proved that he put the snakes on a plane. So what's really going to take Eddie Kim down is... The snakes on a plane. Putting the snakes on a plane. Which, 
Why is that his plan? Well, that's yeah. That well, that's what I asked at the beginning of the movie. I asked, are they going to explain why they don't just put a bomb on the plane? And I think they do kind of. They don't explicitly state it, but they have dogs sniffing around. And I feel like the the logic is a dog would sniff around and find a bomb, but a dog isn't trained to sniff for snakes. Okay, so why is plan A bomb? Plan B? Why is plan B snakes? Well, what else? But once you got once you don't have a bomb, what are you gonna do? Put a gremlin on the wing? What do you what do you got? You got snakes. You know he's going to the LA airport. Have some guy standing at the LA airport get, shoot him in the face. I guess, but you you think you got to get past the guards, and they probably got like you know decoys and shit. You know that's po- that's hard. Put a poison bunch of all, on a plane. Poison all the chicken that's on the plane, and then when they eat the chicken, they all die. Poison peanuts. I guess I don't know, but what if he doesn't eat the chicken? What if he eats the fish? I guess you're right. Snakes <laughs> is the obvious answer. Yeah, no, this seems airtight to me. Much like the plane, <laughs> until they shoot the windows out and all the snakes that are on the plane fly out of the plane. But yeah, that's the uh, the stupid thing is. He puts snakes on a plane, and then, you know, to make sure the snakes are real angry, they also spray a pheromone over all the Hawaiian lays that drives the snakes all fucking crazy. But yeah, at the end of the movie, <laughs> the main bad guy is going to jail just for putting snakes on a plane. So it's like he, he's been hoisted on his own petard. Snakes was the wrong plan. I guess, but that's any movie that has a witness in it eventually ends with the criminal hunting him down and either getting shot or getting arrested for hunting down the witness. So I feel like that's just a stock action movie thing. Because it seems like snakes on a plane is a worse crime than, I I guess, murder is a pretty bad crime, too. presumably, if the plane went down as planned in the middle of the ocean, they're never going to find the snakes on the plane. That's true. Good point. So yeah, their their ideas. I mean, they weren't counting on Keenan Thompson's amazing video game skills getting them out of this, or um, uh, they weren't counting on David Koechner, another SNL alum, being the co-pilot and surviving multiple snake attacks, and then them just keep they keep leaving him in the place where all the snakes keep coming out. Nobody's <laughs> like, hey, why don't we all? Why don't I sit here with a, with the taser that seems pretty effective against snakes to protect the pilot that the only pilot we have left? So that he can continue to fly the plane. Or give David Koechner a taser to ward off snakes. But he just keeps, he keeps getting bit by snakes. Because they know there's snakes in the cockpit. To the point where, like, I was expect I was almost waiting for it to be a joke. Like, I feel like David Koechner was aware of this. And was like, no, keep sending me in there, that's funny. And everybody <laughs> was like, what? That's a joke? Yeah, fucking David Koechner... <laughs> I love David Koechner in this movie. I love how he's he's playing a perfect David Koechner character. He's like a blowhard, uh, ignorant womanizer who's the pilot of the plane. And he's like hitting on chicks even as he's dying. And that's the because I don't think the movie understands that that's what he's doing. Like, I feel like like his character was written as like a regular action movie, you know, side character but it's just you put David Koechner in that role, and it just becomes that. But it's like it's in a it's from a completely different movie. Hey, hey, hey! We have to figure something out. All right. Well, I know what I got to do. We're in a two hundred foot aluminum tube, and we're thirty thousand feet in the air. And any one of those slimy little pieces of shit can trip a circuit or a relay or a hydraulic, and this bird goes down faster than a tie hooker. So my job is to keep LAX informed on how totally screwed we are, and then find some way to keep this mother in the sky another two hours figure that out and that's the thing we haven't really talked about samuel L. jackson because he does all the normal action hero stuff but that's the least interesting part of the movie yeah that's why i think the movie should have been more of an ensemble and cut him out because like the there's a whole set piece where uh the air conditioner goes out so they're you know they're gonna run out of oxygen so samuel L. jackson has to go down in the hall and manually reset something he, he didn't need any of that if you cut out all of that stuff you'd have 20 25 minutes to play around with some character development for all the other side characters and then when one of them does die you feel something because there was a point where they inter uh they introduce a married couple who are coming home on their honeymoon and the guy is afraid of flying and like he he chose to fly to Hawaii to please his wife, even though he's terrified of flying. 
And they just have a very unceremonious death. They just, like, they're sitting there and snakes bite him in the face. Where that's the perfect character to have a moment of, like, he has to overcome his fear. Not only is he afraid, I mean, he's afraid of snakes because there's snakes everywhere, but he's afraid of just being here. And he's got to do something heroic. But yeah, that never happens. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and I, I'm thinking now, now that you'd mentioned that, I'm thinking they should have done what they originally did. I don't know if you know this, in, in the pilot to Lost, they originally were going to kill off the Jack character. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be played by Michael Keaton, I think. Yeah. And they were going to kill him off, and then, um, uh, what's her face? Kate was going to be the hero. Uh, but then at the last minute, they decided not to do that, and then it's like, what, what are we going to do with Kate? I guess we're going to have a bunch of boring flashback episodes where she's stealing little planes. But I think this movie could have done something like that. You cast Samuel L. Jackson, and you're like, oh, he's our hero. He dies, like, in the first attack. And then Juliana Margulies' character, the flight attendant, on her last thing, has to become the action hero. And at that point, you also have the, the witness can be more of a character because nobody's telling him to stay in the fucking first class. He could just, you know, he can be out helping people. And, like, they're alone. They don't have their security blanket of the action hero Samuel L. Jackson character to help him out. Yeah. I, I feel like the only reason uh, the, the witness was in the movie is to establish why the snakes are on the plane. But the why isn't as important, or the the how isn't as important as the why. Why are the snakes on the plane? Why did Eddie Kim go with snakes? Um, See, I feel like you're obsessing way too much with that question. <laughs> I didn't ask that at all watching this movie. I don't know. I was just curious. And, and not just why snakes, but why so many different kinds of snakes? Because... If it was the same kind of snake, it would be easier to find the anti-venom and, and help and solve the situation on the off chance that they land. But all these different snakes, they can't find the anti-venom. So, if, you know, it's, it's going to be a random snake. And, you know, anybody that gets, gets bit is probably going to die. So he thought that far ahead, huh? He's a smart guy, that Eddie Kim. I don't know. I don't know if I'm all on board with the snake plan. Uh, all right. Hey, did you know a lot of the snakes were uh, digital? I found that out on the IMDb trivia. I found that out watching every scene where they're clearly <laughs> shittily composited into the film. This is the thing. We've been spending the last several weeks talking about, like, Alec Baldwin shot a lady on the set of a movie. And it's like, well, why the fuck were they using real guns? Why can't they use CG guns? And I'm all on board for that. Like, you should just use CG guns. You shouldn't, and like CG blood, you shouldn't fucking use squibs because they can be dangerous. Fake guns can be dangerous. But then I'm watching this movie and I'm like, why can't they make, put real poisonous snakes on this plane? <laughs> oh, <when laughs> it would have looked so much better. Yeah, when I read that on the on IMDb trivia, it was like most of the snakes were digital. I was like, wait, were any of the snakes real? None of. Why would they use any real snakes? Maybe for like a scene where like snakes are lying on the ground, but. No, every snake in this is just a cartoon snake. And you wouldn't even need to use real snakes for that. You could just use prop snakes, like fake rubber just snakes. Just rubber snakes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need any real snakes in this movie for the way it's made. And for the record, it didn't bother me that the snakes were digital. Yeah, compositing in 2006 versus now is much less effective visually. But again, I mean, it's, it's snakes in a plane. What do I give a shit that, like, the snakes don't look real enough? That's yeah, not I a thought... concern for me. If anything was cheesy about this movie, it was just the visual effects. But I think that wasn't intentional. I think that was just probably either budgetary reasons or limits of, uh, you know, the visual effects at the time. But yeah, but it, I feel like it conveyed the information it needed to convey well enough yeah. that it didn't bother me that it wasn't realistic enough. That's no, I, never a concern for me in movies. Like, oh, it's not realistic enough. Like, it is what it is. I understand what they're trying to say. That's enough. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the the cheesiness of the special effects was cheesy, but there was one that made me uh, actually, like, jump. It was when Julianne, uh, it was after David Koechner gets eaten by a snake and falls in the, like, the hole of the cockpit or whatever that is. Julianne Margulies goes in and a, a snake comes at her face and jumps at the camera. I have to admit, I went like, ah! <laughs> just a little bit. Well, yeah, and there's some stuff that I just, I thought was kind of, dumb like the the snake vision every time they go into snake vision yeah, I, didn't like that. <laughs> I feel like that's completely unnecessary um again i wanted i wanted a dog to be a diehard fucking dog going through the plane so that's where where my taste was at in this movie yeah it, it, the, it was classier than than my uh, than my expectation yeah i also 
I feel kind of bad that the dog death bothered me as much as it did. That always bothers me in movies. There's very few times where it's necessary. Uh, you know, and I feel like, you know, like, you know, something like Cujo, it's probably necessary. But this, the dog should have survived. The dog should have been a hero because dogs are heroes. Yeah, or have more of a heroic death or not just such a, a meaningless and unnecessary death. Because, yeah, the, the dick guy just throws the dog at the snakes. If the dog went after the snakes and got in a big fucking dog snake fight and got killed, I'd be like, all right, I'm down with that. Or if the dog died rescuing uh, the lady. I'd be cool with that. The dog, the dog is dragging the baby yeah. <laughs> through the pit of snakes. <laughs> oh, the dog rescues. The, I would have loved that. Um, yeah, treat treat animals better in movies. Snakes on a plane. We can murder all the snakes we want, <laughs> but it's the dog that's, that I that I have a problem. That's with. the thing. It's not the snakes' fault. They've been manipulated by snake pheromones. Because they, they even say that in the movie, snakes aren't going to attack unless they're provoked. Or unless you pump them with a bunch of pheromones. Yeah, I'm glad they at least explained that because um, the snakes don't even seem like they're trying to eat. They just seem to like biting. Yeah, except for the big snake that wants to eat the shitty guy. Yeah, the snakes, they're just... But that's the thing. They're freaking out because they don't know. They're just... They're instantly in a provoked state, which I'm fine with. Yeah. um, The logic of this movie doesn't bother me either. Nothing really about this movie bothers me. It's perfectly fine. Oh, the uh, I, I got this off IMDb, but I probably wouldn't have noticed it if I didn't read it. But when the uh, flight attendant puts the snake in the microwave, there's a button on the microwave for snake. I did not see that. Yeah, it's like power start and then there's a snake button. See, but that's a funny joke, I think. Even like stuff like like when the flight attendant see Taylor when Taylor Kitsch is getting killed and his girlfriend, I guess, uh, and they're like, oh, the Mile High Club, right? Like that's like that's a well enough told joke. Yeah. Like it. I mean, it. it I mean, again, I. I don't. Yeah. There's nothing in here that was so over the line. You know, and like even Lynn Shay, like she rescues the baby and she gets bit and like she gets her own sort of pathos. You know, I kind of wanted a little more with her character, maybe, but because they like Juliana Margulies is retiring. I think it should have been her that was retiring. So it's like you know, I'm two days away from retirement, like that kind of moment. Yeah. Um, no, and there were some good laughs in this. I mean, I loved pretty much everything David Keckner said, especially when he said this plane's going to go down faster than a t- Taiwanese hooker. Yeah, no, everything he did. I, I mean, I fucking love David Keckner. Uh, and he was the one, because that's why I looked up Soul Plane, because I was like, I could have sworn David Keckner was in Soul Plane, or should have been. Believe believe you're thinking of Tom Arnold. He's that's, the white yeah, guy in Soul Plane. Ultimately, that's what I discovered. And Tom Arnold, unfortunately, well... I would say fortunately was never in a cast member on Saturday Night Live. But unfortunately for our podcast, <laughs> we can never watch The Stupids or Soul Plane. Yeah, he's hosted a couple times, and oh man, was he, was he terrible. Um, yeah, but I liked, uh, you know, before we even get to the motherfucking snakes line, we got uh, when Samuel L. Jackson finds out that all the snakes are injected by this pheromone that makes him go crazy. He's like, ah, oh, good, snakes on crack. And I'm like, okay, these are all pretty these jokes are all landing for me but like this is another one we're watching in the background they established the, his like partner and it's like ah, i've been with him for five years he's the only guy i trust and then he gets bit and then he just fucking dies like i was waiting for that to be like uh the guy in con air needs the insulin like oh we need to this is the guy we need to rescue but they have a kid that kind of serves that role but like i feel like they should have had him be like no i'm not gonna let you die that's why we have to get this plane landed yeah um when they go to take down the guy who sells illegal snakes. Like, why? That shouldn't be part of the movie. Also, Todd Luiso, as the snake expert, didn't really need to be part of the movie. That's when I kind of felt like the movie was just spinning its wheels a little bit. Well, it's because he doesn't... He literally doesn't add anything. Because you'd think you would introduce that kind of character if there was something that you would need a snake expert to be able to relay the information. Because there's something specific that the people on the plane need to know that only a snake expert could tell them. So you introduce that character. But all he tells them is, well, yeah, you need anti-venom. Like, yeah, I feel like you know we what, fucking know that. <laughs> you know what the cure for venom is? Uh, you know, anti-venom. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, all mm. of that stuff is shit that you could have had. Like Bobby Cannavale could have said, like, yeah, we found the guy who uh, supplied him the snakes and we got the venom. You know, so just to tell him, like, when you get back, we'll have the anti-venom for you to establish that. Yeah. But you don't need a, you don't need that scene. But I mean, it's it almost felt like a John Woo action scene. Like it went like slow mo, and like they're running through the farmhouse. 
it seemed really weird. It seemed like it was out of a completely different movie. Yeah, and I it's not that I disliked it. It's just that I thought it was taking time away from other things the movie could be doing. I mean, I mean, I guess that's my main complaint about the the plot of the film is that it's again, it's not an ensemble piece. There's Samuel L. Jackson has to call Bobby Cannavale and go, "Hey, Make sure you got people on the lookout for Eddie Kim because he put snakes on this plane. And then you got Bobby Cannavale going, okay, everybody, make sure Eddie Kim doesn't move because there's snakes on a plane. Don't need any of that. And then get me a, a, a snake expert. Well, and also that's my big problem with this movie, if I have one, is everything they do is you know, stock and generic for this kind of movie. But there's like a, just an interest, more interesting way to do it. Like you have that scene where Bobby Cannavale has the guy and they do the thing where like he has the anti-venom and he's like, turn over uh, Eddie Kim and, and confess or I won't give you the anti-venom. But it's so quick. I, wa- I want that scene to be kind of dragged out if you're going to do that where like you have the snake expert who's like presumably he's a doctor. So he's taking the Hippocratic Oath. So he's like, no, you give him the shot. He's dying. And then Bobby Cannavale is like, fuck you. No, do it. Like, like he's got to resist a little bit to make that like he's torturing the guy. He's willing to let this guy die of snake venom, you know, if he doesn't confess, you know, like that's a moment that you can add a little bit of grit and, you know, make it kind of like a Tarantino kind of thing. But no, it's just he he confesses right away and he gives him the shot right away. Yeah. Or, or maybe make him like literally like push him into the snake and he gets like accidentally bitten by a snake. Like have Bobby kind of like use the snake as a weapon, you know? Again, this is where I'm saying how the snakes are on the plane is not as important as why. Because we need to somehow, for some reason, they, the movie thinks we need to know how Eddie Kim not only put the snakes on a plane, but how he got the snakes in the first place. I don't really care about that. I don't need to know that. What I'm more interested in is... Why snakes? What I'm more interested in is, who is going to suck the poison out of that fat guy's ass? Uh, yeah, we do get uh, a joke about sucking poison out of an ass. Which, did she suck the poison out of his ass? Because no, he's still talking about... Because he, he's still talking about his ass the whole movie, how his ass hurts. Well, I guess if they would have cut his ass open, it would hurt. See, I think if I were doing this, I would make that a running joke about, like... Keenan Thompson is expected to suck the poison out of his best friend's ass or make them brothers. And it's like, you're my brother. You got to suck the poison out of my ass. And like, that's sort of like a running thing. But then you, I don't think you could have then done the Keenan Thompson being the guy flying the plane at the end. He's either part of the running joke about sucking poison out of a man's ass or he saves the day at the end. He can't be both. You can't do two things. Um, Or, or that's the thing. He finally convinces him, Keenan, you got to suck the poison out of my ass. And he's like, fine. And then again, Samuel Jackson comes out. Can anybody fly a plane? Oh, that's me. Don't have to suck the poison (laughs) out of your ass, friend. (laughs) And then it turns out he never even played a video game in his life. He just needed to get away from sucking out of sucking poison out of an ass. Well, that's an interesting thing uh, in that guy's mind because he gets bit on the ass by a snake and then uh, they're like, oh, we, we got to suck the poison out of your ass. The male flight attendant is like, I'll do it. I'll suck the poison out of your ass. And the guy goes, oh, no, 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 no. You, you stay away from my ass. But then he sees a lady suck the poison out of a kid's arm. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She can suck on my ass. What's the yes, difference, really? Oh, I, I would never want a gay man, or some man I believe to be gay, to be sucking on my ass. He might enjoy it too much. I, I mean, <laughs> like, if, that's the assumption. If he does, that's fine. Sure, enjoy sucking on my ass, friend. <laughs> and I get, the last note I have is the, uh, the line that made this movie famous. Motherfucking snakes on the motherfucking plane. Which, according to IMDb, <laughs> in, in a, the television version of this, that is dubbed to monkey flipping snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! Everybody strap in! About to open some freaking windows. Is that, that's not even a thing anymore, right? They don't have like edits for television. I feel like they either just bleep it or, you know, because now it's just fuck, like shit you can say. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't watch movies on cable television specifically for that reason. They're edited. They edit out all the good shit. And I, 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 my understanding is that that scene was actually edited in after the fact. It was a reshoot because that was part of the meme about the movie 
well, Samuel L. Jackson should say this line, and they put that line in the movie. That was not originally in the movie. Yeah, the movie was completely finished, and then some guy on the internet was like, Snakes on a Plane is coming out. I hope Samuel L. Jackson says this. And then it got so big that they did a reshoot where he said that. And they also added language to make it an R-rated movie rather than a PG-13 rated movie. Oh, wow. This was PG-13. I feel like with all the violence, this still should have been R. I, I'm guessing a lot of that was maybe reshot, too. Cause... Uh, did they, so, like, I'm guessing the the snake and the dick and the snake and the tit must have been reshoots as well. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So was Taylor Kitsch's whole fucking character a reshoot? Could have been. That's interesting. That's the weird thing, because it's really that line alone. Because I remember that line, I believe, was in the trailer. I assume they must have cut away from the curses. Or, or I don't know how they... I remember that distinctly from the trailer, that line. Or, or maybe was it not even in there? I don't think so. I think it was just on the internet. Okay. Because like, I feel like that's what made it feel like a parody of an action movie. And then you watch the movie and it just feels like a standard action movie. It's like it's the stuff that they added to satiate the audience that gave it, gave it the expectation of being bad, which it wouldn't have actually otherwise had. Yeah. Um, I did like that scene, though. I did as well. I mean, Samuel Jackson's not bad in it or anything. He's just, his character is just the character that you always expect in these kind of movies, and I wish they would have found a more interesting way to tell the story. Yeah. Um, or just not have a hero. Just have it normal people with being snakes on a plane. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think the Juliana Margulies character would have been much better to fill that role, because she's just a flight attendant on her last day, and it's like she's not trained for any of this, and she has to step up. Whereas you have the guy who's trained for these kind of situations, at least... I mean, in the sense of, you know, being a cop, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it adds stakes if you take that kind of character out early. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's just like an air marshal who's who's on the plane. Um, but <laughs> to get back to the edited version of that line, monkey flipping? Monkey flipping and Monday to Friday. So I, I, I'm, I've had it with these monkey flipping snakes on this Monday to Friday plane yes why not just say mother flip it at that point why (laughs) or mother fudging again monday to friday i i I guess i'm too uh obsessed with why he put snakes on a plane i'm starting to get obsessed now with why they chose monkey flipping i don't well that i mean i've always had my suspicion that the people making those decisions because those are made well after the fact by cable people I think they know how dumb those are, and they try to make them dumb. Yeah, but for the benefit of who? Like, children? I guess, like, if a child watches this movie, they won't know what it is, but you know what it is. Well, that's the, the that's what they're tasked with doing, is just cutting out. And it's not a question of being... The logic is, if they have the curse, the FCC will come down on them, because it's they can't have those on television. The logic behind that rule is to protect children, which is dumb because children curse anything anyway. But the actual specific choice of what to use, I think, is left up to the people putting it on cable. And I think there are a bunch of guys who are like, fuck this rule. This is really dumb that we have to do this. So let's make it obviously dumb. And let's like try to one up ourselves. They, they did yippee ki Mr. Falcon. Well, we'll do mother flipping snakes. You know, I think they're like they're they know it's dumb when they're doing it. And that's the point. But you could also just cut it out completely. Like, because what the scene is, he says, that's it. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. It's time to open some windows. Just start with, it's time to open some windows. Maybe, but I just cut that little piece of the movie out. But I would also say that the cuts that they make to those movies are for time, for commercial breaks, and for things like that, as well as your language. So. I wonder how much of that is like, well, we've already cut everything we can cut very precisely for time, so we can't cut this scene for flow, so we have to fucking put the, the monkey flipping in it. I think I think those decisions are just more nuanced just, than you think I they are. I don't understand it. I, just cut out the motherfucking and just edit it. I, I've had it with these snakes on this plane. I mean, you could do that, but then you'd see his voice... The, the, like just stop you know while you I'm... cut to another shot I, I, I guess maybe I'm just thinking of it as an editor if I was editing but that they, they don't have the they don't have the coverage either they're editing from just the movie I could figure it out I don't that, and that's the thing that would be extra work for them to find a shot they could cut to whereas it's easier for them to just say fucking mother flipping well they wouldn't say fucking mother flipping but <laughs> <laughs> they added more vulgarity <laughs> <laughs> they cut out the wrong word. 
I've had it with these mother flipping fucking snakes on the mother flipping fucking plane. How'd I do, boss? Yeah, that's pretty good. But no, I d- put that on USA at two o'clock in the afternoon. I definitely think the specifically ridiculous nature of those substitutions is deliberate on the part of the people making them because they know that the their bosses who are mandating those changes are only saying we. I just can't have curse words. It doesn't matter what they're saying as long as it's not a curse word because we got to avoid the FCC. And they're just like, "What about monkey flipping?" They're like, "I don't give a shit. Whatever." <laughs> I think I think being too creative is is their downfall. I think there's just a simpler way to get around cutting out curse words in a movie. But I don't think the concern of of making it seem plausible to the audience watching it is a concern for anybody there. They're I just like so. it's a fucking who's watching Snakes in a Plane on cable. I guess you Fuck know you're it. watching it. Monkey yeah. flipping. Why would I watch Goodfellas if it was on TNT? I would not watch Goodfellas on TNT. So they're just like, this is my shitty job. I'll make a joke out of it. It's like sometimes at work where I may, I do a subtle accent just to see if they'll say anything. <laughs> like sometimes I sound kind of British. I don't know if you've ever QA'd any of those calls. <laughs> just to see, like, are they going to say anything? <laughs> just because I want to cheer myself up. Yeah, well, I'm gl- at least I guess I'm glad people are having fun. And on that note, I had fun with Snakes on a Plane. I'm glad I... I don't know if it was the best podcast movie. I mean, Wieners probably would have given us more juice. But yeah, but I didn't want to watch Wieners. I know. I kind of needed a Snakes on a Plane this week. Because, um, man, we've watched some fucking stinkers <laughs> lately. Well, I was suggesting Heavyweights, which would have been another good one. But, yeah, this was perfectly fine as well. Yeah, we haven't had a, we haven't had a decent movie in a while. <laughs> and on that note... Where's the random number generator taking us next week? Anything else about Just Snakes on a Plane? The fact that, a testament to our podcast, that what passes for a decent movie is Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> oh, thank God we were able to watch Snakes on a Plane instead of what we were going to watch. Oh my God, because well, yeah, like, Say It Isn't So last week, that was a fucking bummer to sit through. Uh, what was it, The Couch Trip, Sex Tuplets? We've been just on a roll of just, not just shitty movies, but like just boring movies that I... The shitty movies that aren't even interesting because that's the the trade-off of the shitty movie is yeah but it'll be interesting to talk about and they weren't even interesting to talk about so we just wasted our time watching a shitty movie that also didn't give us a good podcast yeah exactly i mean like you know freddy got fingers a good podcast movie it's a bad movie but a good podcast movie some of these movies just ain't good all right so what are we going to be talking about next week i have rolled a random number generator and i've landed on 132 and on my spreadsheet, 132 is Dennis Miller. Fuck you. Okay, I guess it's the net. Uh, there is the net. That might be fun. Um, he was also on SNL for a while, so. He's probably in some, like, shitty Dinesh D'Souza documentary about cancel culture or some shit. <laughs> probably. Right. Oh, fuck. What, what did you click on, you son of a bitch? Dennis Miller is in Madhouse, starring John Larroquette and Kirstie Alley. Which I believe is a like a ripoff of, uh, not The Burbs. What was the other Tom Hanks one? Oh, The Money Pit? The Money Pit. Isn't that like a ripoff of The Money Pit? I don't know. It. I think it's just, uh, I think the plot of this is like just their in-laws show up and like a whole bunch of their family. I mean, that's an option because that's... I don't know. The net just seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, the net, because it's, yeah, it's a thriller she's, set. She's going to pizza.net in the trailer. Yeah. A computer programmer stumbles upon a conspiracy, putting her life and the lives of those around her in great danger. So she's a computer programmer, but the movie came out in 1995. So I think the majority of fun of this movie is going to come from outdated technology as as was the cell phone in uh, snakes on a plane oh yeah that's right we didn't mention that that they're like how do we send a picture to somebody who's not on the plane oh i don't know we all have these cell phones now <laughs> i know the guy's like what are we gonna do take a, a film to photo matt get it developed and then send it to him she's like no i have a cell phone all right uh madhouse or the net you want to i'll watch the I, net. I i'm up for the net Okay, yeah, because uh, I remember the trailers for that. I remember Dennis Miller being uh, featured in the in the promotional material for that. I believe he's like the conspiracy theorist that she goes to to like get it, like get the exposition about what's happening to her, and he gives the speech of like they're everywhere, they're on pizza dot net, <laughs> you know. Uh, all right, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Uh, so all right. Anything else about snakes on a plane before we adjourn? 
No, except to say that it's decent, and if you've never watched it because you were like, it's snakes on a plane, it's just going to be shitty, maybe give it a second watch. It's perfectly fine action movie. Yeah, and if you've seen it before and you remember disliking it, give it another watch. Because, yeah, I remember not liking it when it first came out. Watching it for what it was, I, I highly enjoyed it. Yeah, just watch it without any kind of preconceived notions of what it is. Just expect an action movie, and you get a service, perfectly serviceable action movie. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, until we see you next week for some outdated technology, get up, get up. With some so reptilian This industry's venomous With cold-blooded cinnamon No need for nervousness It's just a little turbulence